Good morning, and welcome to Faithbrook. My name is Josh Friesen, and I'm one of the volunteer hosts here at Faithbrook. Whether you're joining us in person or online, we're so thankful and excited that you've joined us for worship today. At Faithbrook, we don't want anyone to feel like just a number. So if you're newer here, in the seat in front of you, there's a blue connection card. Please consider filling it out and dropping it in the giving boxes on the way out today. If you want to do a digital version, you can visit our website at faithbrook.church connect for more information. Our mission at Faithbrook is to love God, love people, and journey together. And the best way to journey together here at Faithbrook is our life groups. Our life groups typically happen at somebody's house a couple times a month, and they are a great way to grow your faith and develop relationships and friendships within the church. Now, our life groups are just getting started again after the Christmas break, so it is a great time to join. There's a couple of ways that you can join a life group. One is to go to our website and click Next Steps, or you can go to the Church Center app and click on Groups. If you need any help finding a group, please contact our church office or swing on by, and we'd love to match you up with a group. Well, in just a second, we're going to welcome our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, as we continue our series, Five Questions. Well, good morning. (laughs) I'm not your lead pastor, Jim Comfort, but you're kind of stuck with me. So it's good to see you all here, and for those of you who are with us online, welcome. Uh, Great that you're listening in this morning. So, So nice to see you all be able to stand in front of you and bring you the word this morning. You know, my mom learned a lot about raising kids from me. I was the firstborn, (laughs) so I led all my siblings. You know, and I I remember when I was about 10 or 11 years old, I developed this passion for reading, especially Nancy Drew. I read every Nancy Drew book there was in a year, I think, and every other day I was at the library getting more books. And that's where my mom learned the lesson that when they handed out kids, you had to purchase the ears separately. You know, I would be reading my book and I'd hear her call my name. You know, come out and set the table. Peggy, the dishes need to get done. Peggy, would you clean your room today? And it's, wait till I get to the end of this chapter. You know, and I'd get to the end of the chapter and it'd leave me hanging. And I'd have to keep on reading to find out what's going to happen next. Or by the time I got to the end of that chapter, I'd kind of forgotten that I'd been summoned. You know, and then I'd hear my mom, how long is that chapter? <laughs> uh, I thought I bought ears for you. <laughs> you know, are you listening to me? I'm asking you to do something here. Well, today, you know, we're looking at the third of the five questions that Jesus has put before us. You know, the first one was, do you understand what I've done for you? You know, do do we see him and do we really understand who he is and what he's done for us? And that story wrapped around the upper room when Jesus took up the basin and the towel and he cleaned their feet. Do you understand what I've done for you? And then last week, it was in Caesarea Philippi. He took his disciples there and they were having this conversation about who do people think I am? And they had all kinds of different answers. Elijah, Moses, the prophet. And then he looked them right in the eye and he said, but who do you say that I am? You know, do you know me? How are you gonna get to know me better? You know, is he number one in your life? 
Or is he just someone you believe in? He's kind of on the side, on the shelf somewhere, and you go to him once in a while. But who do you say that I am? Well, and our, our question today starts about six days after that event. Jesus was going up on the mountain, and he often went up on the mountain to pray, whatever mountain he was close to. Well, in this day, he was going up the mountain, and he decided he'd take his inner circle with him. Peter, James, and John, those three that kind of hung close to the master, he relied on to do things that he wanted to get done. And as they're going up the mountain this day, all of a sudden, Jesus' face just began to shine. His robe got bright as light, and there was Elijah and Moses, and they began to converse, the three of them. And I can imagine the disciples, <laughs> terrified, in awe, what's going on here? But there's our man, Peter, and he just blurts out, hey, Jesus, how about if I build some shelters, three of them, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah? You know, that's Peter. <laughs> Always there, ready to go, anxious to jump in. But before he could even get his thoughts all out, a bright cloud surrounded them. And an audible voice came out of that cloud that said, this is my son whom I love. I'm so proud of him. I am blessed by him. Listen to him. Listen to him. You know, the one time we hear the audible voice of God in the Gospels, and what does he tell us? Listen. So our question for today, the third question, is are you listening? Are you listening to what Jesus has to say to you? You know, and we all have many voices speaking into our lives. The noise around us is unbelievable sometimes. And in all that noise, in all that distraction, in all the trivialness of some of those voices, some are downright evil. Others are worthy to heed. But how do we look for and hear the voice of God in that? Now, some of you may be old enough to remember this. You'll never regret the purchase of a good stock. You don't say, yeah, my broker says it's a real good buy. What does your broker say? Well, my broker's E.F. Hutton. And Hutton says... <laughs> when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. Remember that? <laughs> You know, and what happens when they hear that E.F. Hutton's going to speak? They all stop talking, they lean in, and they listen. And I think that's what God wants from us. When God is speaking, he wants us to stop talking, lean in, and just listen to what he has to say. You know, and we get to choose who we listen to. You know, who's speaking into your life? Who's speaking the loudest? You know, and it's usually the people we're closest to, probably the people we know the best. And that's why the question from last week, who do you say that I am, is critical in how well we listen. You know, the closer you get to someone, the more you know them, the easier it is to listen. You know, long distance relationships may be good, but there is nothing compared to the intimacy of being face-to-face, -face, of really knowing and experiencing someone. That's what we want with Jesus. You know, when they were together in the upper room the night before he went to the cross, he began to talk to them about he was going to be crucified. He's going to be killed 
He's going to be leaving them. But he said, I'm not going to leave you alone. The Father is going to send the Spirit to teach you, to comfort you, to walk with you, to lead you. And that same Spirit is in the world today for us. So the first step in learning to listen to Jesus speak into our lives is that we have to have a relationship of knowing him. We need to be drawing closer to him. Who do you say that he is? You know, our goal is to take on the character of Christ, to become more and more like him. And it's within our reach if we're willing to reach for it. It's not going to come to us. We have to go out and get it. We have to work for it. And when we go and get it, we'll begin to hear him speak more and more into our lives. And listening to him speak into our lives will help us become more and more like Christ. You know, throughout the Gospels, Jesus called his followers sheep. He talked about them being like sheep and that they listen for him, they know him, they follow him. In John 10, he says this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Do you know his voice? Would you recognize it if he spoke to you today? You know, and so you might ask, well, how do we hear his voice? Well, I would suggest there are three key ways that we're gonna hear the voice of Jesus speaking into our life. One is prayer, another is his word, and the third one is his body. The community of believers that we associate with can speak to us. So let's look at prayer at first. Um, what is prayer? Well, it's talking to God. You know, you, you kneel, you sit, you find a spot where you can go and you talk to God. You know, my active prayer list this month is pretty lengthy. Now, I can walk in and I can sit down and I can go through that list. I can read it off, tell God what my requests are, say amen and go on to do the rest of what I have to do the day. But I would suggest that that's not prayer. That's praying to God, but it's not praying with God. You know, and, and prayer has got to be a two-way communication. It's not just a one-way conversation. You know, and you say, well, if I sit silent too long, my mind's going to wander. I'm going to get distracted. All these thoughts pop into my head, and me too. You know, the longer I sit there silently, the more distracted I become, the more you hear other voices speaking into your life. But I've learned that it helps if you take a paper and a pen with you to prayer. And when those words of distraction come your way, write them on that piece of paper. Take care of them later. Get back to focusing on your time with God. You know, I used to get so frustrated about those interruptions, those distractions. I'm thinking, you know, it's the enemy. He's after me. He's trying to keep me from prayer. But the more I listened to those distractions, the more I began to believe that some of those were not the enemy, that some of those were God prompting me to do something. For example, a couple weeks ago I was praying and I was really deep into prayer and I took time and I just said, I'm just gonna sit here in front of you, I'm surrendered, <laughs> you know, speak to me. And then these thoughts kept coming into my mind and names of ladies in the church kept popping into my mind and I thought, come on, knock this off, you know, I'm trying to focus here. And 
And all of a sudden, the light bulb came on. Those names were prompts. Those are people I needed to go out and connect with this week that I hadn't seen or talked to, and God's saying, connect, get connected. You know, when prayer time is over, you go email them, you send them a text, can we get together for coffee? I just need to talk with you. I want to see you. I want to get connected with you. So you have to be listening. Is it a distraction or is it a prompt? You know, I have an acquaintance that's been in the hospital for three weeks. She's a young mom with six sons, six of them, and a husband who doesn't cook. (laughs) You know, she's been in the hospital for about three weeks with a sepsis that planted itself in her leg. Her leg's about four times the size it normally is. It's full of blisters and peeling and black spots. It looks a mess. She can't put any weight on it. When she gets home, she's going to be immobile. You know, they've got meal train going and she's getting tons of food and people are helping drive these boys to all their sports activities. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking about her and praying for healing on that leg. And I start to kind of laugh and say, six boys in the house. I wonder when the beds got changed last. You know, who's who's doing the dishes, you know? And all of a sudden, the light bulb went on. It was God prompting me. She's got meals. She doesn't have anybody cleaning her house. Could you just pay for a company to come in and do her house cleaning for her? You know, it wasn't a distraction for my mind to wander away, but it was God giving me a prompt. You know, and when you sit down and you begin to pray, you have to know it. It's not always God or not always the enemy that's doing the distraction. Sometimes it's God just prompting you to step into someone else's life for your heart to speak to their heart. You know, so you have to learn to decipher what is the voice of God? How do I hear it? Am I listening for it? You know, there's the story of a a man on the ski slope. And as he's skiing down the mountainside, he sees two skiers over next to him, a little ways over, and he thinks, they're skiing awfully close together. It's almost looking dangerous from here. And then he hears, and one of them's yelling, right, left, right, left, straight, left, right. And he thinks, this is so weird. And so when the guy yelled right, he yelled left. When the guy yelled straight, he, he yelled right. You know, all the way down the mountain, he did that, just being the smart aleck that he was. And when they got to the, end, the bottom of the mountain, those two skiers turned to make their stop. And the one in the front had a vest on that said, blind skier. You know, our smart aleck was kind of like, oops. <laughs> but you know, that blind skier was so in tune with his guide that he didn't allow any of those distractions to get in the way. And he followed that guide's instruction all the way down that mountain. You know, and that's how we need to be with God, to know his voice, to be able to shut out the distractions, to just listen, recognize that voice. You know, and when I'm praying and the the prompt is to go get the clothes out of the dryer, (laughs) I don't think that's a prompt from God, but I can write it down so I don't forget they're in there. (laughs) But when the prompt is to minister into somebody's life, it's most likely God speaking to you. You know, and there are some times when I just talk through an issue. Something's going on, I have a decision to make, a choice to make, and I'll just sit down and talk like I'm talking to my friend. He is. You know, and I'll spell out the problem, and here are the options I'm thinking I can do, and God will stop me on one, or he'll take me back to one. And think, yeah, well, okay, 
that's probably the one I need to try, probably the one I need to do. You know, and it takes a while to build into our lives that ability to hear the voice of God when he speaks. It takes a while to build a new habit into our life, you know, a habit of prayer if you're not used to doing it. But you want, once you get that habit going, you know, you want more of it. You know, are we walking close enough to Jesus to hear his voice when he speaks? Are you listening? You know, when you wrap up your prayer time, say amen, just sit there for a moment or two and say, Jesus, speak. Don't just rush off to your to-do list for the day. You know, and probably the number one method that God uses to speak to us is his word. If you're not into his word, if you're not consistently reading the scriptures, you're going to have trouble hearing his voice. You know, the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. I think your translation is a little different. Faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of God. If you're not into his word, what are you hearing? You know, and you notice it says hearing. It doesn't say what you've heard. It's active, it's current. It's what are you hearing today? What are you hearing from God? Our faith is gonna depend on what we're listening to. And all the noises and all the voices of the world that speak into our life, if that's what we're listening to, we're gonna buy into the world system. That's where we'll put our faith. But if we're listening to the voice of Jesus, the word of God, our faith will be in him. And with all the voices trying to influence us, we need to intentionally listen to his voice, to zero in on it. He's gonna talk to us through his word. You know, Andrew Murray is a great theologian who focused a lot of his teaching on the, word, on the prayer. But he says this about prayer and the word. Prayer seeks God. The word reveals God. Prayer is man asking God. The word is God answering men. You know, those two disciplines go hand in hand. You know, let's not do one without the other. And then in 2 Timothy 3.16, uh, we read these words. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You know, we can listen to Jesus speak through the word if we're reading it, looking for him to speak. You know, sometimes we sit down and think, well, I gotta read the Bible today, and so we sit down and we go through a five-minute period of just reading, done, my obligation is over. But we don't allow time for God to really speak to us through his word. You have to look for a fresh reading. You know, I, I have a Bible, it's my favorite Bible, I've had it for 30 years, and what I'm gonna say, some of you may cringe at, it's a sacred book, but I write all over it. I underline, I highlight, my margins are filled with notes. You see, it's a sacred book, but it's my manual for life. <laughs> it's my textbook. You know, but when I wanna read for a fresh look, I don't use that Bible. I use one that's not all marked up, because I want God to draw me to something he hasn't already taught me about. 
I want to look for something new. And if I go to the Bible that's underlined and highlighted, my eyes get drawn to those same passages. So when I'm reading for a fresh look, I don't use that Bible. But I might then go back to that one and write something else in the margin in another verse or highlight another verse. You know, and the more you read it, the more you absorb it, the hungry you get for more. You'll want to be in it. You'll want to keep reading. You know, and if you want to hear God's voice, personalize the scripture as you read it. You know, you read those letters of Paul to the churches, read them like they were written to you. You know, when you read through the Gospels, every time Jesus says you, put your name in there. He's talking to you. When you come across something that slows you down, stop and feed on it. It was meant for you, and maybe Jesus has something to tell you. You know, and sometimes we have emotions, and we want to figure out how to deal with all these emotions, and I'm lonely today. What do I do about loneliness? You know, the Psalms cover every emotion known to man. You know, you go and you start reading the Psalms, and you'll come across something that will meet you where you are. Stop there. Feed on it. Learn about it. Let God speak into your life through it. And so, you know, you're going to look at me and say, well, you just got done telling us we need to find some time to pray. Now you're telling me I got to find some time to read the scriptures. I don't have any time in my life. What are you trying to do to me? You know, I just can't find that time. You know, when am I supposed to fit that in? You know, we, we all live very, very busy lives. And when you're trying to build a new habit, it's kind of hard to try to figure out when to fit it in. And, you know, none of us have an extra half hour in the day that we can go sit down and pray and read the Bible and really focus on it. But I would suggest you do it moment by moment. <laughs> Find a moment here, a moment there, where you can just pray a quick prayer. Find a moment when you can read one verse. Get a devotional book. You know, they'll have a, a verse of scripture and a couple of paragraphs with commentary about that scripture. And some will even have a prayer that you can pray when you're done. It'll take you five minutes. You know, maybe you need to get up five minutes earlier or ten minutes earlier than you normally do and before the chaos of the house begins, spend that time, read a verse. You know, around here, we kind of advocate for the version app. It's, it's an app for your phone that's the version Bible. And if you haven't got that downloaded and you're trying to figure out how do I get into the Word, how do I begin to pray, I'd encourage you to download that app. And what they've got on there is a feature called Verse of the Day. And if you click on that, every day in your email, you'll get a verse of the day. You open up your email, and in 20 seconds, you've read that verse. Spend another 20 seconds thinking about it. You know, and day by day, just begin to get into the Word. You know, it's also got devotionals in it. You know, you can... Plug in, I want to do a devotional on a certain topic, and it's a seven-day devotional. It might be a 30-day devotional. And so you can walk through the YouVersion app and just take a few minutes every day, learn to do it. And it's also got this feature on it where when I'm driving to work, I can hit the button, and it'll read it to me. You know, you got a 15-minute commute to work, it's 15 minutes to just soak up the Word of God, letting somebody read it to you. Or that's the time when I usually have my conversations with God, turn off that radio and begin to just talk. That's, that's a time to pray. You know, when you're walking, rocking the kids to sleep, doing your housework, putting that earbud, 
and let the U version read the scriptures to you. I mean, there's ways to try to figure out how do I get this worked into my busy, busy life. But the key is to begin to make it a habit. Um, you know, and as you read the word, as it begins to speak to you, be ready to change. You know, when Jesus was in the desert being tempted by Satan, he used the scripture to fight off Satan. And one of the things he said was this, that we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We live by what we hear. And as he speaks, you listen and you begin to do what he says. You know, that word listen that's translated here in Matthew 17 comes from the Greek, which is probably a translation from the Hebrew or the Aramaic, which the people spoke in those days. And both Hebrew and Greek are a very conceptual language. And then we try to take this concept and translate it into one word in English, listen. You know, the Greek word is akuo, and that comes translated from the Hebrew word, which is shema, shema, hear, listen. And there's a section in Deuteronomy that's actually called the Shema. And, and Jews will repeat this portion of scripture twice a day. You know, and it's Shema Yisrael. Hear, O Israel. The Lord your God, the Lord is one. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today, they should be on your heart. You know, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you rise up and when you lie down. Tie them on your hands as a reminder. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. You see, it's all about wrapping our whole lives up in what we hear. Hear, Israel. These commandments are to be a part of your life. You're supposed to be living them out and teaching the next generation. Wrap your lives up in obedience to what you hear. You know, there, there's a concept in there about understanding, about really listening. You haven't listened until you do what you heard. You know, the Apostle James writes it this way in his Apostle in James chapter 1 verses 22 through 25. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. You listen and deceive, okay? But he says, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. You know, I didn't listen to my mom until the table was set. You know, I didn't listen to my mom until the dishes were done. I didn't listen to my mom until the room was cleaned. It's only when I follow through with what I heard that I've truly listened. You know, this is my beloved son whom I love. Listen to him. Are you listening?
You know, and the third way we can hear God speaking to us is through the wisdom of the body of Christ. You know, if we're truly like sheep, as Jesus refers to his followers, sheep stick together. We need to be together. We need to stick together. We need to cherish each other. We need to learn from each other. You know, sheep know the other sheep in the flock, and they hang together. You don't often see one straying away. They like each other. They hang together. They stick together. And God can speak to us through one another. God can use someone else to give me guidance in my life to help me make healthy decisions for my life. You know, and God can even speak through a sermon. It's amazing. You know, I don't know how many times I've left this room on a Sunday morning after a service, and as I walk out into the foyer area, somebody will be saying, that message was for me. Boy, did God speak to me today. I'm sure glad I was here today because I needed that message. You know, when, when we as pastors get up here to, to preach, we have no idea who might need to hear what we have to say. You know, and all we can do is listen for God to speak to us as we prepare and pray that whatever we've got to say comes from God's heart to your heart. It's not because we know what's going on in your life and we're trying to stick it to you. It's because God is speaking to us so that his heart will communicate with your heart. You know, in life groups, can serve that same purpose. I know many of you are a part of a life group. But as you sit in a life group and you get to know each other, you begin to speak into each other's life. You know, and I've been part of groups where someone will say, you know, I don't know why I need to say this, but it just seems like God's prompting me to say something. And they'll speak. And somebody else will say, God told you to say that for me. I just needed that right now. You know, we've all got experiences in our life, and you know, those experiences set us up to speak into the life of someone else who might be going through that same experience right now. You know, someone has been where you are, and you have been where someone else is. And God can use our experiences to help someone else when they're going through that same kind of experience. So be attentive when other people in the body of Christ are speaking? Are they trying to speak into your life? And then follow the prompts of God if he prompts you to speak into someone else's life. Maybe he wants to use you in a special way through a prompt that he's given you. You know, Mother Teresa was a great saint. And she said this, the essential thing is not what we say, but what God says to us and through us. You know, he can use us to speak into someone else's life. Now, I feel like I have to throw in a word of caution here because there are some people who will speak into your life ad nauseum. They'll speak no matter what. And sometimes they speak so loudly it's exhausting. That might not be God speaking into your life. And so you have to still decipher what people say. Is this the voice of God, the voice of Christ speaking into my life? Or is it just somebody else trying to give me advice? So when you're listening to what others speak, filter out for the voice of God as he speaks into your life. You know, when all is said and done, it comes down to us needing to find a place 
where we have God all to ourselves and he has us all to himself. In the quietness of a moment when we can just focus in on him and he can speak to us. You know, prayer allows us to lay open our entire life and say, Jesus, speak. What is it you want to say to me? And the word will bring into reality for us what he's trying to say when we get into the word and we begin to read it. But when we ask him to speak to us, we need to make sure that we are teachable. That's going to be key. We need to be willing to unlearn some things, unlearn the wrong impressions, unlearn your prejudices, unlearn misinformed information. You know, and be willing to learn a new way of living, a new way of thinking, a new idea that you maybe haven't thought about before. Be ready to give up those old ways, to take on the new way, as Jesus leads you into a deeper and new relationship with him. Every time he speaks to us, we experience something new from him. We're learning more about him. He's guiding us into a deeper relationship. You know, Andrew Murray says that many have taken Christ as Savior. Not all have taken him as teacher. You know, in that upper room the night before Jesus was crucified and he was talking about leaving them with the Holy Spirit, he says this, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. He'll teach us all things. That's the promise of God. He wants to teach us. Are you listening when he speaks into your life? He'll teach us. He calls us by name. He knows us. He asks us to just listen. Listen when I speak. And he will speak to you. It might not be a lightning bolt. Chances are it's not going to be audible. But he'll speak in the quiet ways, through his word, during prayer, through other people. You know, the, the direction and will of the Father is not always going to be real clear to us. But don't let that paralyze you. Pursue the will of God until you find it. Seek to hear the voice of God until you hear it. Search the scriptures for your answer. Seek him out in prayer. Find a trusted believer that you know is in tune to Jesus and allow that believer to speak into your life. And then just wait on the Lord. Be still and know that he is God. Are you listening? Until you do what you've heard, you're really not listening. You know, when God speaks a new revelation into your life, Put it into practice. He's inviting you to a new experience with him, an invitation to know him better. Who do you say that I am? Do you understand what I've done for you? Are you listening? You know, I've got some homework for you this week. I know Pastor Jim gave you some a couple weeks ago. Did you do it? Well, I've got some for you this week to think about. I want you to go home, and sometime this week, Read the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew chapters five through seven. You know, and as you read through it, you know, don't have to read, sit down in one setting and read the whole thing. But just pick out a spot and begin to read. And read slowly. When you come to a verse that maybe God stops you at, spend some time on it. 
Ask God what he wants to say to you. Jesus, what are you saying to me? What do you want me to hear? What does this mean? How am I going to apply it to my life? Listen for the answer and then do what you hear. You know, let me, let me give you an example. You know, as you look at, at Matthew, um, you know, there's hundreds of verses that stop me every time I read through it. But let me find one here for you that says, um, you have heard what it says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. So you read through that and it stops you on love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus, what are you trying to tell me? What are you saying to me? And I would bet he'll put somebody's name in your mind. Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Who is it that's wronged you? Who are you holding a grudge against? Is there somebody out there you need to forgive? And you, Jesus, what are you trying to tell me? Love my enemies. You can't love somebody you hold a grudge against. You can't love somebody that you need to forgive. So Jesus, are you trying to tell me I have to forgive this person? I have to begin to pray for them. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons and daughters of your Father in heaven. Jesus, I want to be your daughter. And if it means I have to love my enemy and pray for those who persecute you, persecute me, give me the names. I want to start right now. Talk into my life. Speak into my life. Is there somebody I need to forgive? Somebody I need to pray for? Somebody I need to learn to love? Because I want to be your child. And if I can't be your child without doing this. See, that's the kind of thing you want to do as you read through the scriptures. It won't take you long, but when you get to a verse that stops you, spend some time there. So I want you to work on that this week. At least one day this week, find a verse of scripture that stops you up. Jesus, what are you trying to tell me? What does this mean? And how do I apply it in my life? So as you go this week, I encourage you to try to do that. And then maybe once a week, at least, you just sit down with the scripture. You know, get the book out so you can look at it. You can really see it. Get the book out and just read a few verses when you get time in your day. Well, let's stand and I'll dismiss you with prayer this morning. Encourage you to go into the world, carrying the good news with you, teaching others to listen as Jesus speaks into your life. Father, I thank you for being here with us this morning. I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you speak into our lives. Would you teach us to listen? Help us to just open up our ears to hear from you, and then to go and do what we learn. And as we enter into the world, when we leave here this morning, we're going to the mission field. And Jesus, I pray that you'd go with us, Help us to speak the good news into the lives of others. Lead us, guide us, teach us. Thank you for who you are, for what you've done for us, what you're doing for us, who you are. We want to listen. Pray in Jesus' name, amen. And with that, you are dismissed. Thank you.